So here we are in Matthew 7. And guys, Jesus is bringing it strong. He's in the middle of his sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And let me just dive in. I want to give you guys basically what these verses are talking about in context. Um, just some real quick points, but this is just an introduction. But then we'll get into really what I'm going after today. So verse number 13, Jesus says, enter ye in at the straight gate. Guys, when you see that word straight, we think of something that's not crooked. We think of something that's in a line, right? But Jesus is saying, enter ye in at the straight gate. That word straight means narrow. Okay, so he says, enter in at the, at the narrow gate. Um, guys, what he's talking about here, and you can kind of tell by the form of the words, it's a command. Okay, it's a command. Jesus is not saying, this is a good idea, this is a nice suggestion, this is some advice for you. No, this is a command. And this command goes to everybody. He's saying, listen, you want to go to heaven? You've got to go through the narrow gate, the straight gate. Okay, so that's a command. And then moving on, he says, in contrast, he says, for wide is the gate, Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. So not only does he give that command. Guys, everybody in the room, you want to go to heaven? Go through the narrow gate. That's his command. But then, guys, he says, um, what does the crowd do? He says, for wide is the gate, totally opposite. Broad is the way. Where does it lead? It leads to destruction. Talking about hell. And he says, many there be which go in there. Guys, listen, Jesus is saying the crowd of this world, the majority of people, we wish this wasn't the case, but it's the fact. It came from our Lord's mouth. He's saying many there be which go in that, there at. He's saying the way that leads to hell, a lot of people are going that way. It's the popular way. It's what everybody's doing. And he talks about the command. Then he talks about the crowd. But then, guys, lastly, in this little intro, he says the culmination. Where does it lead to? We talked about how the wide gate, the broad way leads to destruction, to hell. Verse number 14. Because straight is the gate. Again, that means narrow. And narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Okay? So Jesus is saying the, cult, uh, the culmination of it, guys. Listen. Everybody in this world is going one direction. They're going away from God. They're doing their own thing. They're living in, in selfishness. Um, they're putting their self first and they care about their lust and their desires and accumulating everything they have and having all the fun that they can uh, uh, experience. The whole world's going that direction. Jesus said, but where does it lead to? It leads to destruction, to hell, right? And he says, for us, we've got this narrow road and this uh, narrow gate. He's saying, but that's the road that leads to life, to life everlasting, to heaven. Okay, you understand that? All right, so that's what those verses are talking about. Guys, this is primarily referring to salvation, no question about it, because Jesus is calling these people to make a decision. He's just been preaching, 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 and then he's saying, listen, there's two ways, there's two roads, there's two gates, and there's a decision to make either one or the other. And he continues to hammer that home at the end of this sermon. But, guys, can I also say... That after we get saved, guys, we've got to live a set-apart life. And I think these verses go hand-in-hand in, hand in that. He's saying, listen, the whole mass of humanity, the multitude of humanity, they're going down this way, right? They're going away from God. They're doing their own thing. And guys, what is he calling us to do? He's calling us to go counter to that, to go in the opposite direction to that, to cut across that, and to contradict that. Guys, listen, what that's talking about is this. Living as a Christian, we cut across whatever the culture is currently, whatever the trends are, whatever's popular, the conventional thinking. Hey, guys, you say like what, Brother Tom? What in the world are we talking about? And I'll mention some of these things as we go along. But, guys, this world, listen, 
It's just natural for them to think about me first. Selfishness. It's all about me. I need to take care of me. Hey, guys, it's, it's natural in this world to be proud. You know what a popular way of thinking is nowadays? People will say, hey, uh, basically, if you, don't, uh, if you don't promote yourself, nobody will. If you don't boost up yourself, nobody will. Guys, that's total opposite of what God tells us to do. He says we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt us in due time. Guys, that's completely opposite, completely contrary to what God tells us to do. But that's how the world lives. That's their conventional thinking. They think me first, selfishness, greed, get all I can, lust, have all the fun I can, party, uh, be crazy and wild and do everything I can. It's all about me. Okay, that's what the world teaches. What Jesus is is putting out here and laying out for us, guys, it's challenging. Hey, guys, listen, for you to live how God wants you to, you got to go opposite direction of what the world is doing. Right. We understand that. Right. It's not easy to do. That's hard. Guys, that's hard for each one of us. You may have been saved in here 20 years. You may be saved in here for one year. But that's hard. That's challenging. That is difficult. That's hard. It costs you something. Hey, guys. And I'll get kind of explaining where I'm going with this. But, guys, it's easier. I'm going to finish up the introduction here. It's easier to go along with the world, with the music. Listen, I I talk to a lot of guys, and sometimes I've, I've... uh, talk to them, hey man, what music you listen to? They say, well, you know, just basically what's popular nowadays. I say, why do you do that? Everybody else does it. You know what they're saying, Zach? That's the easier way. I mean, it's just easier to live that way. Because if, guys, if I only listen to Christian godly music, Kevin, then somebody's going to call me on that and say, dude, what are you listening to? Oh, it's Christian. And I'm going to have to face some ridicule for that. Yeah. What is that? That's going against the flow. Right. Guys, that's hard. That's challenging. The easier way, the easier road, we think, is just go along with everybody else. But, Ethan, this is what most people do. And, guys, let me just throw this out now. I think there's some guys that come to our class. You're not bad guys. I think you're pretty uh, a pretty decent guy overall. You're not out there doing horrible, wicked, atrocious things out in the world. But you know what? You see the way we preach and how we endeavor to live, and you're just sitting back and you're kind of on the fence like, hmm, I don't know. That's hard. And you know what? You're right. It is. It's challenging. Hey, guys, I can't always think the thoughts that come natural to me. I can't always say the words, Zach, that come into my mouth that I want to throw back at people. I can't look at what I always want to look at. Yeah. Okay? Or click on what I want to click on or watch what I want to watch. And we could continue with those illustrations. You know what? It's because I don't want to be in charge of my life. Like the Bible says, we've got to die daily. We've got to put ourselves to the side and say, not my will, God, yours be done. Hey, I'll be honest with you. It's hardly ever do I feel like passing out a track. Let me go up to that total stranger out of nowhere, abruptly interrupt him and say, excuse me, sir, can I give you the... That's not natural to me. That's not. That's not. Maybe there's salesmen people that they like kind of doing that stuff. I don't. I'm like, I'm going to leave him alone. He'll leave me alone. We're happy. You know, I, that's, that's beautiful right there. All right? That's how I feel. But you know what, guys? We got to deny ourselves. That's what Jesus called us to do. So I think there's some guys that maybe come to this class that you're just watching it and you say, I want, I, I do love the Lord, I'm saved, and there's a part of me that wants to do right. But man, it's just easier just to go with the flow. It's easier just to go with the crowd and follow the crowd and just to fit in. They listen to that type of music, I'll do it. They wear this, they wear these styles, I'll do the same. They talk this certain way, I'll do the same. I'll just go along with it. Hey, guys, 
It's easier to be lustful. It's easier to be lazy. It's easier to be proud. It's easier to be angry when you feel like it, when you feel that rage uh, coming up inside of you. It's easier just to let it out than to suppress it. It's easier, like we said, to promote yourself because, as they say, no one else will if you don't. And it's easier, even if you are a child of God, to stay quiet about the God that you serve. Right? That's easier. But, guys, a lot of guys, they take the path of least resistance. I'm going to go with the flow. I'm going to follow the crowd. I'm going to fit in. I don't want to make waves. I don't want to rock the boat. But, guys, here it is today. I would like to challenge that thinking. And I want to ask you this question. And this is the message that we're going to deal with today. We're going to jump around a little bit which I don't like to do, but I feel like it's necessary for today. Listen, here's the message. Is it really the easy way? Is it really the easy way? I get it. I get it. As a Christian, it's challenging. Like I said, Aiden, it cuts across our flesh. I don't feel like getting up and read my Bible. I don't. Guys, when I get down to pray, you know what I feel like really doing? Sleeping. You know, <laughs> Let's be honest, right? I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like putting forth that effort. Hey, it cuts across our flesh. It doesn't come naturally to us. And guys, listen, if you're in here and you uh, um, you truly want to live the Christian life, hey, dude, that's going to that's going to uh, at times be uncomfortable. That's going to at times bring ridicule. That's going to at times bring challenges. Guys, listen, when you're hanging out with your friends in school this week and the girl walks by and every single one of your friends is lusting their eyeballs out and you don't. You're going to stand out. Yeah. And they're going to start talking about, dude, what's wrong with you? You a little weird? No, dude. I like girls too, but I shouldn't be staring at one that don't belong to me. Right. Hello? Yeah. I hope you say amen, or we might have to preach on that. Change the message real quick. You know, change the channel. <laughs> All right? Listen, guys, that's going to stick out. Yeah. That's going to cause an issue. That's going to be a red flag to the worldly people around you. Say, dude, come on. What's wrong with you? Hey, guys, when they're listening to a certain type of music and you don't, on purpose, by the way, I know it's not always easy, but we should say when we say no and say, no, I don't listen to that. We should say it's because I'm a Christian. We should back it up strongly and not just say, no, I don't feel like it right now. You know, I'm a little sick. <laughs> uh, that's pretty weak, right? We've all done that, right? Or some form. But guys, that's pretty weak. Let's tell them, no, I don't do that because I'm a Christian, because I stand for God. Yeah. But I don't know about you, Kev. When those moments come, I'm not standing up on the, you know. Uh, cafeteria table. I'm standing for God. It's more like embarrassing, right? Yeah. If you're white, you turn red. And you're like over here, like all the eyes look on you. It gets hotter. It seemed like somebody went over to the thermostat, and like as soon as you said, "No, I'm a Christian," they're just like, "Oh, really?" You're like, <laughs> you know, you like start sweating out of nowhere. Like, dude, you need a towel or something? Like, you've been running a marathon. It's uncomfortable, right? Hey. You ever try to give a track to somebody and they make a big deal of it? You're like, can you just take it? And they're like, what is this? You're calling me a sinner? And you're like, well, you know, you don't want to deny it. Well, I'm not, but God is. You don't want to say it like that, right? It sticks out. It makes it difficult. It makes it awkward sometimes, right? And I think there's guys that will come to this church and you're, like I said, you're not bad guys, but you're kind of on the fringes of things. And you just watch it and you say, you know what? I know this is what God wants me to do, Ethan. I know you guys preach it. I know you're all, all um, aggressive about it and all about it, but I, I'm just going to go with the easy way. It's a lot easier if I just fit in and go with the flow and listen to what they listen to. And, and, and listen, if my friends cuss, I'll cuss. And if they look at dirty stuff, then I'll look at it too. It's just easier to do it that way, Brother Tom. Come on, man. I don't want to be an oddball. I don't want to stick out like that. Come on, man. Guys, I want to challenge that today and ask you, is it really the easy way? When we look into the Bible, it shows us 
Now, don't get me wrong. I'll say this from the beginning and hopefully won't have to say it again. It is challenging to live a Christian life. I'm not saying, no, guys, you live for God. You can just skip through the halls at your at your school. Nobody will ever give you a problem. That's not true. That's not true. Okay, it will be challenging. Some people will laugh. But I want to teach to you today from the Bible that it's worth it to live for God. And this so-called easy way that the devil presents out in front of us and makes it look so appealing it's not all that easy when you look at where it leads to. Okay? So, let's see, let's see. Go with me to Ecclesiastes. So, if you can find Psalms and Proverbs, go to the next book after Proverbs. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Solomon writes this book. And it's very interesting, and I'll get to mentioning that in a moment. Alright, so is it really the easy way? Point number one, guys. There's an emptiness that you're left with. Okay? An emptiness... That you're left. Guys, what I mean by that is this. Sin will never satisfy you. Okay? You following me today? Sin will never satisfy you. The point is emptiness. The emptiness that you're left with. Sin looks appealing. Sin looks fun. Sin looks thrilling. Uh, it looks awesome. Like they said, sin looks, uh, sin looks appealing. Uh, and then it takes you down at the end. Okay? But at the forefront of it, guys, it looks good. I heard one preacher say, it thrills and then it kills. It fascinates and then it assassinates. If I can only continue that, but that's all I got, all right? But that's how sin is. At the beginning, it looks very good. But it leaves you empty. Guys, this is why the easy way is not so easy. This is why you guys that are hanging back and just watching us and saying, man, I don't know if I really want to dive in. I, I, I know what you said. It comes from God. It comes from the Bible. It's clear cut. It's right there on the page, but... I don't know if I really want to do that because I'm going to have to face some backlash and I don't want to face that because that's not pleasant. And I understand that. But guys, that easy road that the devil is presenting to you and having you stare at, it's not so easy. Why? Because of the emptiness that you're left with. So Solomon writes this book. Solomon is basically doing an experiment. He's basically saying, can I find joy and happiness apart from God? That's why in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says under the sun. It's basically just this world, Zach. Nothing to deal with God. He'll mention God, but it's not truly trusting in him. It's let me try to find joy and satisfaction without God. Is it possible? All right, guys. Solomon was the wisest man in the Bible. He was also the richest man in the Bible. This dude had everything. Chapter two, verse number 10. Check out what he says. He says, whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy. Stop right there. What is he saying? You guys tell me. What is he saying in those first two phrases of verse 10? Anybody got it? Ethan? Um, the first part, in whatsoever my eyes desire, I kept not from them. So whatever he saw, I guess he got Whatever he wanted, whatever he wanted. And we could go back. I'm not going to do it for time, but he talks about the stuff he accumulated. Guys, he's saying whatever my eyes wanted, I went after it. And then the next uh, phrase, I withheld not my heart from any joy. Dylan, if I wanted something, I got it. If I wanted some new uh, possession, I got it. If I wanted to have some experience, I did it. Hey, guys, and let's be honest. You remember Solomon. If he saw a woman and wanted her, he got her. Yeah. Dude had a thousand wives. Like, did you misspeak? No. No. But that's blows my mind. Too too difficult. 
But listen, he's saying whatever I wanted, I didn't hold myself back. I went for it. Anything I wanted, I went after it. Some of you guys are thinking, man, that sounds awesome. All right, let's see what happens. And by the way, he had a lot better capability to get what he wanted, Ethan, than any of us ever will. Zach, we could combine all of our abilities to get what we want. It wouldn't come close to this guy. Okay? He was rich. He could get anything he wanted. Um, let's skip down to verse 11. He says, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought and all the labor that I had labored to do. And what does he say about it? He says, And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. There is no profit under the sun. Guys, he's saying, Anything I wanted. If I had a passion for it, I got it. I went for it. I did everything that I wanted to do. I didn't hold myself back at all. I didn't restrain myself one bit. But guys, after he got all that stuff, you know what he says at the end of it? It's vanity. You say, Brother Tom, that's great. What does vanity mean? It means emptiness. Hey, guys, the things of this world cannot satisfy you. The sin of this world will not satisfy you. I thought about this this week, guys. If the lies that the devil throws at us if they were really true, then why did Adam and Eve uh, ruin not only their own lives, but the whole human race? Yeah. Guys, why, when they followed the devil's advice, did they say, oh, no, he tricked us? You know what? They realized that they had messed up and that he tricked them, that he lied to them. Yeah. Hey, guys, if the devil's what he is presenting was actually true, why wouldn't Judas be the most joyful person in all the world mm-hmm. instead of somebody that was so miserable he hung himself right after he betrayed the Lord? Yeah. Right? I mean, truly, if what the devil was selling was legit, you would think these things would have a better result. Guys, you say, well, that's great. That's Adam and Eve. That's a long time ago. That's Judas. That's 2,000 years ago. But he's coming at you with the same lies. Do we really think that, yeah, it turned out terrible for them and it turned out terrible for him, but it'll turn out great for me? Come on now. We got to learn. We got to pay attention to what God is teaching us. So... Solomon, he reached for everything that he could. He had unrestrained passion. But at the end of it, what was the point? He was unfulfilled. He was not satisfied. Guys, I'll run through some of the rest of these. In Romans 6, 21, it says, What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? You know what it's saying? The result of our sin, it's emptiness. There's nothing to it. He's saying, what good, what profit ever came from it? You know what the answer is? Nothing. Nothing good ever came from it. Hey, guys, listen, God forbid. But if some of you turn your back on God today, you say, no, I'm going to follow Solomon's path. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go to those parties. I'm going to mess with the girls, whoever I can. I'm going to drink the stuff and smoke the stuff. I'm going to have the time of my life. I'm going to do me. What's going to happen, guys? You're going to come to the end of that and say it was all empty and I wasted my life. That's what the Bible teaches us. Hebrews 11.25, it talks about the pleasures of sin are only for a season. Hey, guys, let me remind you. If you sin, you turn your back on God, you do your own thing. Listen, there may be a little bit of fun, but can I remind you of this? That fun is going to run out quick. It's just a matter of time. Kevin, it's like when we sin, the pleasure will happen, but just for a very short moment. It's like you can start the stopwatch. Because it's ticking down, man. That pleasure will run out. And guys, get this. The... The repercussions of sin, get this, far outlast the momentary pleasure. Did you hear that? Listen, the pleasure, don't get me wrong, there is a little pleasure to sin. But guys, the repercussions of sin far outlast the momentary pleasure. You say, why are you preaching this? I know this. 
Yeah, I know we know this, guys, but we're tempted to to live our own way and to live that easy way and say, I don't need to go all out for God. I don't need to deny myself. I don't need to follow him. I don't need to put him first. I don't need to really strain and strive to live for God and give him my best. We're all tempted to do that on a daily basis. But guys, that pleasure of sin, it's running out. And the Bible tells us if we pursue the things of the flesh, Galatians 6, 8, that it will turn rotten on us. Go to Proverbs 13, if you would have you meet me there. Proverbs 13. Guys, is it really the easy way? Is it really the easy way? No, because of the emptiness that you're left with. Listen, sin will give you some pleasure, give you some fun. But after a while, guys, it'll crash and burn on you and you will be left with the broken pieces and saying, why did I ever do that? Guys, listen, we've got to learn that now. Because you know what, Chris? The problem is, if we fall into it, we have to learn it the hard way. Hey, guys, I don't want your life to be shattered and you say, you know what? What they were teaching us from the Bible was right. Well, I'm glad you realized it, but right? It's a little late. It's a little late. Hey, learn what God says on the, on the forefront of it to where you don't have to fall for the devil's tricks for his lies. Proverbs 13, verse 15. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. A transgressor is God lays out a line, but you step over that line. You say, I don't care. You rebel. I'm going to do my own thing. So what happens to a person like that? His way, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Also in uh, Psalm 16, 4, it says, Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. You put something else in front of God. Not only will your sorrows increase, but they'll be multiplied. Mm -hmm. Wow. And guys, one last verse in this section. I won't have you turn, but at the end of Proverbs, when it's talking about the virtuous woman, it talks about favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. You know what it's saying? Listen, guys, there's really nothing to it. When it says beauty is vain, I've already taught you what vanity is. Vain is the same word, just a shorter uh, form of it. It's empty. Hey, guys, listen, a woman's physical beauty can't give you joy. Yeah. Hey, I get it. It's nice to have. It's nice to have that in your wife. I get that. That's that's totally fine. But, guys, some guys think, oh, man, if I could just get that, I would finally be satisfied. Can I tell you? No, you won't because it's empty. It cannot satisfy you. And, by the way, if you look towards it like that, you're almost treating it like a god or some people treat money like a God or they treat a possession. Man, if I could just get that car, dude, if I could just buy that house, if I could just live in this area, if I could just have this, if I could just have this much money in my 401k, if I could just do blah, blah, blah. guys, you could have all that and more and it won't satisfy you because yeah. those things aren't God. They cannot satisfy you. And by the way, you can have all those things. But when cancer strikes your body, mm. listen, none of that stuff can spare you, but you or can heal you. But you know what? Our God can. Amen. The emptiness that you're left with. All right, let me give you point number two. I got a fancy word here. Watch out. All right. <laughs> Is it really the easy way? The emptiness that you're left with. Point number one. Number two, the epiphany that you've been lied to. Aren't you all impressed? Epiphany. What does it mean? It means a moment of insight. Epiphany means, oh, I get it now. Hey, guys, the epiphany that you've been lied to. Go to John eight forty four. We're going to pick it up there talking about the devil's lies. All right, so we're talking about this. Is it really the easy way? Hey, guys, I get it. I get it. Everybody listens to that music, so you think, man, it's just easier to do that. Everybody cusses, Brother Tom. Everybody does this stuff. Everybody's on TikTok. Everybody does it. Come on, man. 
You want us to live totally contrary, and not just you. Christ wants us to live totally contrary to that. Opposite direction. Against what everybody else does. When they're talking about what party they went to and the stupid stuff they did and what they drank and, and whoever they tried to, to mess with that's a female. But Tom, if I stand against those things and I live a pure life, I'm going to get laughed at. I get it. I understand that. But guys, is the easy way, is it really the easy way? No, because of the em- emptiness that you're left with. Guys, don't lose me here. The emptiness that you're left with means this. You can sin and you can go after it, but always, 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 the end result that you'll be left with is emptiness. And guys, it'll lead to misery. It'll lead to heartache. It'll lead to sorrow. That's where sin always leads to. Kevin, we've, we've seen a lot of people come and go in this church, in this class. I've never seen a guy go away from God and say five years, ten years later, oh, it's so great. I love every second of it. I'm so glad I quit church. I'm so glad I stopped reading my Bible. I'm so glad I got my girlfriend pregnant. I'm so glad. It never works out. It never works out, guys. The emptiness that you're left with, the epiphany that you've been lied to, John 8.44. Might help if I got there myself. All right, John 8.44. Jesus speaking to the Jews here. They're going back and forth. He says, you are of your father, the devil, the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. The epiphany that you've been lied to. Guys, the first one I talk about, the emptiness that you're left with. You can sin, you can follow all these things. But at the end result, you'll be empty and broken and by yourself. But also, guys, this point, you know what I'm trying to say? The devil cannot be trusted. Hey, guys, look up here. Time out. These lessons that I'm giving you today, this is not earth shattering. This is not breaking news. This is not. I don't think any guy in the room is sitting there like, dude, I've never heard this before. You know this stuff. I get that. And that's fine. But you know what, guys? I don't care if we know it up here. Listen, some of you guys that have grown up in church, you've heard these things a ton. And you can know it up here, but the devil's still coming after you this week. Listen, we can say, oh, yes, I understand sin won't satisfy me. But why are we bumping up against it all week? You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I know the devil's a liar. Why are you listening to him? Huh? You say, I'm not listening to the devil. Well, maybe you're watching some shows that he's he's uh, pushing at you. Maybe you're listening to some music that he's all about and he's all behind it. They were talking about some, what was it, Kev? Some Academy Awards or Grammys or something and some... I don't know who it was, dressed up like the devil. Mm-hmm. And then they're talking about they're praising Satan in the whole middle of the thing. And I'm saying, Zach, at least they're finally honest about who they're actually working for. Because, right. guys, that stuff is out of hell. And it pushes people in the wrong direction. It took, takes people away from God and what's right. The epiphany that you've been lied to. Guys, what is verse uh, John eight forty four saying? It's saying the devil's always been a liar. Guys, he always has been. He always will be. He is not changing. Guys, it says when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. Guys, when he opens his mouth, he's lying. The devil only uses truth to set up a lie. You understand that? He'll give you some truth every once in a while, but it's very small. And Aiden is only to set up a lie. And it says, um, when he speaketh of his own, he's the father. Uh, he's the father of lies. Guys, you know what that tells me? That tells me when somebody's lying, they're listening to the devil. Because yeah. he's the father of it, of it all. 
All right. But we've been told that abundantly, guys. We know the devil's a liar. You know the stories. You know the Garden of Eden. You know Samson. You know Cain and Abel. You know Judas. You know all those stories. But guys, we've been told it abundantly. But listen, we can still take the devil's advice by forsaking God's word and by following the wicked things of this world. Listen, when a guy sees what we're preaching and sees what clearly the Bible says, what God's telling us, but they say, no, it's easier to go along with the flow. It's easier to go with the parties. It's easier just to do what everybody else is doing. Guys, can I tell you, you're taking the devil's advice. It's clear cut. We know he's a liar. But we think, oh, but if I go the opposite direction, man, I'm going to stick out. I'm going to be made fun of. It's going to be hard on me. They're going to make fun of me. They're going to mock me. I might be all alone. Hey, guys, that's what guys think. That's what goes through their brains. And they think, man, I don't know. It's going to cost me to live for God. We've been told this abundantly, but we take the devil's advice. Guys, can I tell you, though? When people take the devil's advice and they follow what he says and they go in that way. Hey, guys, there's going to come a day when it, where it's going to turn abruptly on you. It's going to change when everything looks so good and so appealing and so nice. It's going to turn on you very quickly. And you say, whoa, what happened? I didn't expect this. Guys, but are we really surprised when the when the uh, the words that the devil told us turn out to be a lie? Should we really be surprised by that? Hey, guys, if I hear that a certain car dealership down the road, all they want to do is trick people and con people. Do I really think I can go there, Kevin, and outsmart the trickster? Can I tell you, that's not smart. That's foolish. Yeah. If I hear that they're trying to con people and trying to uh, uh, lie to them and commit fraud, Zach, I shouldn't have anything to do with that place. I should get as far away from that place as I can. I'm not going to say, yeah, I'm going to outsmart the trickster. Um I'm not going to beat them at their own game and I'm not going to come out on top. And guys, listen, you think you can play with the devil. You think you can listen to his music. You think you can live the way he wants you to. You think you can do what he wants you to and mess around with the girls and go to the parties and drink the stuff and smoke the stuff and do all this stuff and have it work out for you. Guys, we're not paying attention. Yeah. We're not awake. We're not we're not listening to what God is clearly teaching. When you follow the devil's game, listen, you're going to lose. He's going to win. He knows what he's doing. It's rigged, guys. You won't come out on top and you won't beat him at his own game. He invented this game. Guys, he invented this game. When he when he came after Adam and Eve, he had this whole thing set up and we saw where it led to. Guys, he's just been perfecting his craft for the last six thousand years. And we pop up and we're 15, 16 and say, no, I think I'm smarter than the devil. You're joking. You're kidding yourself. And I can say, I'm in my 30s. I can outsmart the devil. No, I can't. He knows what he's doing. Things will turn abruptly on you. But you know the crazy thing? Let me say this and move on to point number three. Zach, you know what I do give Adam and Eve credit for, though? When they sinned, immediately they realize they messed up. Immediately. Immediately. As soon as God confronts them, we know they're hiding and all that. They felt shame. And then, Kevin, just a few verses later, what did Eve say? The serpent beguiled me. What does that mean? She realized she got conned. Yeah. She realized she got tricked. Can I tell you the most mind-blowing thing happens nowadays, guys? People follow the tricks of the devil. But, Zach, they go on Facebook and say, no, I'm so happy. I'm so fulfilled. I'm so free. Can I tell you, if you're out there talking about how free you are and how much fun you have, you're still being conned. Yeah. You're still being tricked. Right. You're still being duped and you don't even realize it. Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah. 
Dude, if I if I draw drive off of that car dealership where they're known for lying to people and I'm feeling like, no, dude, I got a good deal, then I'm even dumber than I thought I was. I was about to say stupider, but I don't even know if that's a word. All right. Look that up later. Listen, I drive off the lot. No, I like this thing. Why is it making that noise? Oh, don't worry about it. Are you kidding me? I'm fooling myself. I should at least say I should at least be a little worried, concerned. I hope they didn't pull a fast one on me. But some of these people driving down their life. No, I'm happy leaving church. <laughs> what is wrong with you? You got four flat tires, your engine smoking. You're like, no, I'm good. You ever see those people going down the Zach? I know you drive all over the country. You see those people with like smoke. It looks like a barbecue is under their hood. <laughs> they got smoke going everywhere. And you drive by them and they're like on their phone. And you're like, dude, pull over. Like, stop driving. You're about to kill yourself. Like, stop. Your, your, your hood is on fire. It's like, thanks. You know, you, he thinks you're giving him a compliment. Yeah, my car is fire. No, it's on fire. Right? You ever see things like that? Guys, that's what I think of with Christians. Well, they say they're Christians that are living against what the Bible says and say, no, I'm having so much fun. Are you serious? At least realize that you've been tricked. You know what I think it boils down to, though? They don't want to admit it. That they're wrong. They, they have too much pride to say, no, I did wrong quitting on God. No, I did wrong leaving church. And they don't want to humble themselves. So they're just driving on in their life. No, I'm good. I'm good. Don't tell me I'm wrong. That's a sad thing, guys. Mm-hmm. Guys, is it really the easy way? No, because it leaves you empty. You'll have an epiphany that you've been lied to, hopefully sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. And point number three, there's enormous loneliness there's enormous loneliness. Hey, guys, leaving God will never turn out good. Okay? Listen, these are simple lessons, but learn these things. Guys, when you go to school this week and your friends are talking about things that you know are inappropriate and you know you should stay away from it, but you have this battle on the inside, I don't want to be looked at as an oddball. I don't want to be looked at as a weirdo. Should I just go over there and take part in that conversation? Hey, guys, this is what I'm talking about. You live for God. You make the decision to do right. Why? Because if you follow that stuff, it leads to to emptiness. Mm -hmm. If you follow that stuff, one day it's going to hit you that the devil tricked you and he lied to you. Mm -hmm. And also, guys, it's going to lead to enormous loneliness. What I mean by that is leaving God will never turn out good. It'll never turn out good. It, It amazes me, Zach. Sometimes we'll read our Bibles, you know, and we know the end of the story. We'll read our Bibles. And we see Judas, or, or whatever the story is, we see Judas, you know, uh, betraying the Lord, backstabbing the Lord. And we're thinking, Judas, so dumb. <sighs> you know that's not going to turn out well. But yet we'll forsake God ourselves and we're so blind to it. That's so amazing to me. You know, we, we read about Samson. Samson, are you a doofus? I mean, every time she wakes you up, the Philistines are here like, duh, wake up, bro. Come on, man. But yet we'll do the same sins over and over and over and over and say, no, I'm fine. I can get away with it. I'm smarter than that. We're doing the same thing. But yet because it's, when it's on the page, we think, oh, dude, come on. I can see the end of the story right here. But in your life, you can't see the end of the story. Guys, we got to wake up. The enormous loneliness. Leaving God will never turn out good. Guys, first of all, it's an opportunity rejected. Um, how about this? Turn to Second Chronicles 15. I'll meet you there soon, but I got a couple things I want to hit on before I meet you there. 
It's an opportunity rejected. Listen, the Bible says that God will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll always be there with you. Okay? The Bible talks about he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hey, guys, Jesus wants to be the one with you all the time. And, guys, can I testify? That's the way it should be. And when you have that, that's an amazing experience. Listen, there's things you can't tell your mom and dad. You can't tell your best friend, the closest people in your wife, your spouse, your girlfriend. Listen, but there's things you can go to God with, and he cares. You can cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. Guys, if you've never had that, I hope that you will very soon. You get down on your knees. Your heart is broken. You pour out your heart to God and he cares and he helps you with that. That's what he wants to be for every single guy in the room right now. He wants to be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Matthew 11, Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor heavy laden. Hey, in this room today, you feeling beat down, you feeling burdened, you got something on your heart, on your back that you can't shake. Jesus says, bring it to me. Come unto me, all you that labor heavy laden. I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You know what he's saying? You, you team up with me. You get on board with me. You partner up with me and let me call the shots and let me lead, lead the boat and let me be in charge of your life and you ride along with me. Guys, there's no life like that. But you know what? Some people say, no, I don't want that. Jesus is saying, hey, team up with me, yoke up with me, and I'll carry you through, and I'll, I'll carry you through the tough times of your life, and I'll give you joy, and I'll give you peace, and I'll, I'll give you love, and I'll give you all these things. Well, some people say... I see what you're saying. I hear the preaching. I, 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 I'm standing there during the invitation when they're saying, come to the Lord. Get right with him. Rededicate your life to him. And you know what some people say? I see what you're saying, but no. I don't want that. Okay. Then, guys, there's an obvious responsibility. You're in 2 Chronicles. Let me get over there. 2 Chronicles chapter 15. I like this verse, man. This is very strong. 2 Chronicles 15, this is under the um, kingdom of Judah, and the king's name is Asa. But a prophet shows up and calls him out. Okay, uh, this Verse number one, the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of uh, Oded. I thought it was Obed, but they changed it up on me, all right? Oded, whew, that's a bad name to have, all right? Verse number two, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa. And all Judah and Benjamin. Get this, guys. This is a key phrase that I'm focused on. The Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. You're saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. Just a minute ago, you said, if we're saved, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. God will never leave us nor forsake us. That's true. That's true, guys. If you're saved, you'll always be saved. Okay? If there was ever time you bowed your head, closed your eyes, you meant that. You prayed and asked Jesus to save you and you meant that. Guys, there's no question. You'll end up in heaven. No question about it. And truly, his presence is always with you. But if you want his power, his blessings, his help on you, I like what this what this uh, prophet tells to King Asa here. He's saying, listen, you want God's help? You want God's blessing? He's fighting these battles and he needs God's touch on it. Notice what he says. He says, the Lord's with you while you be with him. You want God's power? You want God's help? Then you get close to God yourself. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. A lot of people are, are waiting for God to inch up closer to them. Guys, if we want to get close to God, it's our move. We've got to take the first step. 
If you want to get close to God this week, read your Bible. Pray. Come to church faithfully. Start living holy. Give, an, give out tracts to your friends. Invite them to church. Tell them about the Lord. And guys, when you know there's a certain sin in your life, get away from it. Right. You take the step. I, I like what this guy says to him. He's saying, Asa, you want God's power? Then you be close to him. Amen. God is with you while you be with him. If you seek him, he'll be found of you. But if you forsake him, God says, I'll forsake you. My power won't be with you. I'll be, I'll let you handle it on your own. Hey guys, some people do this. They have this great opportunity. God wants to be in charge of their life. Help them, give them the strength and do for them what no one else can do. But some people say, you know what? No, hey, hey I would rather have the money. I would rather have that relationship. I would rather have my own quote unquote freedom. I would rather do my own thing. I would rather have my desires and my lust be number one than God. Was he saying, hey, the Lord will be with you while you be with him. That's very strong, guys. Hey, guys, you want God's power? Then go after it. Then go after God. So many people, I don't know why God's not blessing me. Is he a priority in your life? Do you go after it strong? If you want God's help and God's blessing in your life, go after it. Go after it. But guys, if we don't care about God, we put something else in his place. We shouldn't be surprised when things don't work, work out well. And guys, the outcome will be ruined. God tells the, the Israelites in Judges chapter 10, verse 14, he says, they had chosen other gods to be ahead of God. You know what God says when they face a crisis? Go cry unto the gods that ye have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your trouble. Whew. Hey guys, if we want to choose money over God, some girl over God, some friends and their acceptance over God, then when we face a crisis, why don't you go pray to that money or pray to that girl or pray to your friends? Yeah. Like, Brother Tom, don't, let's not be harsh here. No, no, I'm not being harsh. I'm being truthful. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you straight up. Listen, guys, if we skip church for any old reason that comes along, if we live like the devil Monday through Saturday and listen to whatever we want, click on whatever we want, I'm sorry. The Bible says if you regard iniquity in your heart, the Lord will not hear you. Right. When you have a crisis, you go to God. Oh, God, help me. God's saying, where have you been? Mm-hmm. God, please, I need you to come through. God's saying, why didn't you listen to me? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you clean up that area of your life? Why didn't you listen when that when that sermon came about getting your music right or about getting away from those bad friends? Guys, I'm not trying to be harsh on you. I'm just saying we need to see the truth today and adjust our lives to it and say, Lord, I've got to take it seriously. Guys, let me say it this way. If you want God to take serious your prayers, you better take serious his word. That's it. That's it. When he tells you to do something, take it seriously. And then when you go to prayer, he says, oh. He takes seriously what I have to say to him. Now I'll listen to what he has to say. And if it's in his will, he'll do it for us. All right. The obvious ruin. Hey, guys, we can beg those things that are powerless. We know some false God can't deliver Israel. Just like we know money can't deliver us or our girlfriend can't deliver us or any of those other options. We're begging something that's powerless. It has no chance to do it. And guys, God is giving you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. But if you blow those things off, there will come a time when God says, that's it. That's it. I was going to read the end of Proverbs chapter one. It talks about that. He's saying, because um, I stretched forth my hand and no man regarded. I tried to teach you and you didn't want any part of it. He's saying, there's going to come a day when you're going to cry out to me, but it'll be too late. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, you know, people in hell right now are probably crying out. Oh, save me. It's too late. Yeah. It's too late. And guys, you say, well, I'm a Christian. I'll never go to hell. Thank God. But if you continue to turn away from God, turn away from God and do your own thing, there may come a point God saying, that's it. I'm not going to answer his prayer. 
I'm not going to do this. The only prayer that God is going to answer is you repenting, you getting right. And guys, let me ask you, has it ever benefited a person to turn away from God? Job 9, 4 says, who have hardened himself against God and prospered? You know what the answer to that is? Nobody. Nobody in the past, nobody right now, nobody in the future. And let me add this. You won't be the first. And I won't be the first. I won't be the exception. All right, guys. Is it really the easy way? I'm almost done. The emptiness that you're left with, the epiphany that you've been lied to, you realize, man, the devil was lying to me. Guys, he's going to lie to you this week. Okay? And then the enormous loneliness. Listen, you say, so I won't have God uh, uh, controlling my life? Yeah, that's right. You know why? Because you told him no. It's not that God doesn't want to. Yeah. It's not that God is is, is um, picky, Dylan, and says, well, I'll do it for him, but not you. No, God wants to do it for everybody in the room. But if you don't have God where he should be in your life, it's not because God didn't want to. It's because you didn't want him to. You turned him away. All right? That's where the enormous loneliness comes in. And point number four, the end that it leads to. The end that it leads to. The verse we started out in Matthew 7. We're almost done, guys. Pay attention, please. In Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. He's saying, wide is the gate, broad is the way, which leadeth to destruction, right? And many there be which go in thereat. Hey, guys, most of this world is on their way to hell. That's what those verses are clearly teaching. It's a scary place. Bible says, what is it? Profit a man if he gain the whole world, lose his own soul. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Lust, when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Hey guys, the end that it leads to. Listen, for, an, for a guy that's in this room right now, listening to this preaching, and you are not saved, and you continue to turn it away, guys, it'll end up at a scary place. A place called hell. You've heard us preach about it. You've heard us describe it. But listen, that's the reality of it. And then the last thing is this. If you're a saved young man in this room right now, but you're saying, no, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to live my own way. I, I see what you guys are preaching. I see what you're saying. I got it. I understand. But I'm just going to go with the easy way. It's just easier, brother Tom, to just go along with the world. Just do what they do. You know what it's going to lead to, guys? And this is my last idea. I'll throw your way. It'll lead to shame before his presence. Shame before his presence. Yeah. Two verses. I'll just quote them. You can write them down, though, if you want. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Every saved person, when you die, you will stand before God one-on-one. One-on-one. Okay? And you will have to answer for how you lived. And guys, 1 John chapter 2, verse 28 says this, And now, little children, abide in him. That means to stay close to the Lord. So that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Guys, if we do our own thing, we follow. Listen, you may be saved. And, and that's wonderful. Most important decision you can make. You may be saved, but Ethan, you're just following the world. They listen to this. I listen to this. They talk like this. I talk like this. They dress like this. I just go along with it. I just, I just don't want to stand out. I don't want to stick out. I don't want to be weird. I don't want to be ridiculed. I'm just going to go along with it. Guys, you will be ashamed before Jesus at his presence one day. What does it say in 1 John? Abide in him. Stay close. Stay close. Stay in your Bible. Stay on your knees. Stay in church. Stay living for God. Keep striving every day, even when it gets hard. Even when people do make fun of you. Stay at it. Stay at it. Why? Because when he shall appear, when Jesus comes back, which could be at any day, we want to have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Hey, guys. You all know this, and I 
remember this from back in the day. Listen, if you didn't study for something and you show up to class and the teacher says, all right, pull out your note, pull out your, uh, a piece of paper. We're going to have a test. If you didn't study, you're like, oh, no. Right. You may not say it. You may look all chill on the outside, but that's what's going on on the inside. But if you studied and you did your work and you did your prep when they tell you that, you feel pretty confident. You'd be like, you know what? I think I'll be OK. Hey, guys, when Jesus comes back, Kevin, I really wonder the Christians that'll be like, oh, no. And guys, not any one of us is going to be all cocky about it. But listen, I hope, Zach, that we can say, you know what? I did what I could. I tried to live right. I tried to reach others. I tried to pray. I tried to put God first in my life. Guys, that's what I'm talking about. So you can have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. A lot of guys would just want to go with the easy way. But guys, I just want to challenge that one more time today. Think about it. Think about it in your own life. Is it really the easy way? Let's bow our head and close our eyes.